Welcome to Professor Forever. I am the Professor Forever. Pretty soon now, I will be bitter. Pretty soon now, we'll be a quitter. I don't have to prove that I am creative. I don't have to prove that I am creative. All my pictures are confused. And now I'm going to take me to you. Fabulous song by David Byrne and the Talking Heads, Artists Only. This is the way I feel today. The song, if you don't know it, you should listen to it, but it is a sarcastic look at snooty artists. I don't even know if I consider myself an artist exactly. And I don't think I'm snooty, but I do like that song and I am feeling a little low on the mojo today. I don't want to be a quitter. I have been a quitter before in my life, not too often, but somewhat often. But this podcast opens up something in me that hasn't been tapped for a while. I missed making a podcast last week. There was a surgery and a surgery recovery And another one is coming up. So I knew I had to get something recorded today. Because tomorrow it will be very difficult. And as I mentioned to some friends earlier, I feel like if I skip two podcasts in a row, I might hear the bell tolling. It tolls for Professor Forever if I go too long. I say I don't know if I'm an artist because I think about what that means a lot. I will say that I am a creative person. I don't fear saying that. I don't fear people saying, you're too self whatever, promoting. I I don't care. I think that that is a fact, that I am a creative person. An artist, though, is someone who, in my mind, 
doesn't create art out of inspiration. Of course, there is inspiration involved, but that's not all there is to it. I feel like you are compelled to create art all the time. So maybe being a creative person is being an artist. Even though I don't feel compelled at all times to create what some might consider art, I think the way I proceed through my days is artistic. So maybe I'm more of an artist than I know. I do suggest you check out that Talking Heads song. The whole album, actually, was a, an anchor for me during my college years. More songs about buildings and food. Probably from, I don't know, 1979? Maybe the 80s. It's not a good feeling to feel like you can't produce when you want to. But I have no obligation either. And that's a really freeing feeling. I've talked before on this podcast about not having any schedule and how every day can just be an adventure for me now. And I have been told that Maybe even if I don't have a good subject for a particular week, that I have a good voice for a podcast. So maybe I'll do a little, what is it called? ASMR? Listen to me closely. We are all creative beings standing in the sun over a precipice, look down into the precipice, feel your body lifting itself up off the ground, now you're flying, you're flying over the abyss, it seems you're headed for the sun, but you are not Daedalus, You are not Icarus. You will not fly too close to destroy yourself. Instead, you will let the sun guide you to a new horizon. How is that? Does that make you feel calm? Some of my friends say they listen to my podcast before they go to sleep because it makes them feel calm. That's a great feeling. I remember when I was in my 20s, working on charm. How do you charm people? And I told myself what I really wanted was to be able to be so charming that someone in a room would not even know that I was charming them would not even notice me, really, but would be able to walk away then, feeling better. And I wanted them to understand that they felt better, but not to know 
where that feeling came from. I wonder if I've done that for some people in my life. I, I feel like I probably have. I'm friendly to most people, to most strangers. I try to have a funny line or a wink or something positive to say. So why can't I turn that back on myself when I'm feeling this way? I do have trouble finishing things. I think I've talked about that before. But I don't think that's the problem with the podcast this week. I have some ideas floating around, but some of them seem very serious. For example, I do have to have a podcast about being an adjunct professor. There are so many things affecting me about that topic. And I feel like so many people are not in the know about the field of post-secondary education and some of the surprises that it brings. But that seems like such a somber thing to do today. It seems so heavy, like carrying a heavy, heavy cart full of rocks. I thought about going into that podcast by talking about The Chair, which is a Netflix comedy drama. Dramedy, remember? We talked about that word. I think even though I'm retired, I have a lot of friends who were former colleagues, and maybe I'm reticent to say some of the things that I want to say about the field, about the way that writers approach it, as well as the actual realistic field. I don't know. Setting. Let's imagine I'm starting to write a short story. Okay, my setting is I'm sitting in kind of a stinky room. Where is that stink emanating from? Hmm. Is it the chair? Is it the dirty sheets that are covered with cat hair? Or is it me? I haven't showered today. When I was younger, my mom said to me, when you're older, you're not going to feel like taking a shower every day. And you don't need to because your skin does not produce the same amount of oil when you get older. I thought she was crazy. Now I think she's right. You were right, Mom. My poor mom I'm not going there. Nope, not going there today. Okay, setting. When I started to write poetry under the tutelage of experts in the field of poetry, 
I was very challenged by creating setting. One professor, though, freed me up from that and said, like she looked at a poem of mine, and I go, see, there's no setting. What, you know, what is setting? It is, well, what I thought then was, it is a place, right, in time or location. And she said, this poem that I gave her has a setting. And I said, what is it? And she said, insomnia. Ah. Whoa, top of my head blew off. And as Emily Dickinson says, if I feel as if the top of my head has been taken off, I know that is poetry. So that insight was very helpful to me. But she was right. It's a state. Setting can be a state of mind, an emotion. It's October now. I am drifting towards the ideas of talking about certain horror movies. I already have the horror movie anthology, part one and part two. Back on May... 12th. I think it was May 5th was Horror 1. May 12th was Horror 2. But I can certainly go into more detail about some or all of the 30 horror films, 31, 31 horror films that I watch ritually in the month of October. When I think about the Horror 1 and Horror 2 that I made, that again drives me to another pinchy topic. So there's a problem with the podcast and the RSS feed. And believe me when I say, I am so grateful for everyone who helps me put this together. But somehow we all can't get together and fix this problem of my podcast going through Apple and Spotify. So it has remained frozen on horror too. What does that say? If anybody has a solution, please write it on the blog. Or if you know me, send me a text or send me an email and tell me, give me that one insight like that professor did that'll blow the top of my head off and let me know how I can solve this RSS feed paralysis. It is sapping some of my energy. On top of that, another thing that happened, back to my ASMR voice, my security certificate for the website, professorforever.com, has expired again. That doesn't mean that it's an insecure link to go to. But because they want me to renew it, that is their capitalist way of getting me to renew it because everybody who goes on there will not be able to get on there until I pay them the money to renew that certificate. I don't fit very well in with capitalism. 
And again, maybe that's what I was thinking about when I was thinking about being an artist, about producing. I was thinking about producing on a schedule for a particular reason. I don't hate money, although I did for a long time in my life. My father killed himself for money. Oh, I said I wasn't going to go anywhere negative. But anyway, so I did have problems with money a lot of my life. And I have lived in many different states of having and not having money. But this idea of being born into a system in America where you are obligated to figure out some way to keep yourself alive. And there are many different creative ways you can do that. And I think that's the beauty of a free market capitalistic society, right? You can think of something and maybe that thing will come true and you'll be able to live a life that you want and pass things down to someone else. The problem with the American dream mythology, if I may call it that, is that it, yes, it does happen for some, but it is not a guarantee. And sometimes chasing it can end up in disaster. I think this is what has happened for the man that I see living in the park where I walk every day. I want to talk to him. I want to wave at him first. But he never looks up when I go by. And I am certainly, even though I'm friendly, I don't want to intrude on someone's space. I have been almost homeless, but I've never been homeless. So I don't know exactly what he's thinking as I'm walking by in my brand new, fresh foam, new balance athletic shoes. Is he thinking... That bitch is able to buy those kinds of shoes and I can't even get a Coca-Cola. Or is he thinking, I'm getting a vibe from this woman and she's actually a pretty great person and uh, I want to look up, but I can't. I don't want to intrude, but I want to say, how can I help you? Is there a way just today can I help you? Can I bring you a pillow? Um, do you need five bucks or ten bucks to go get a meal? I find myself in my retirement going through different modes of obsession. I know many people that get obsessed with something for a while, right? Right now, my obsession is getting on next door and looking at the lost pets section, and then picking one out that really strikes a chord. All of them strike a chord, to be honest. But there are only certain ones that I can do, right? They're in kind of my neighborhood. And I like the way that they, the people are asking for help. Or I feel bad about the pet. And so right now I'm looking for a black cat named Newton. Who has been missing since September 25th. I walk around in different parts of my neighborhood, different areas where the couple that has lost him said they 
believe that Newton may have traveled to. I walk around and I go, Newton! I, I'm sure many people think I'm crazy. As I walk around and I just sing a song that I make up or just say words out loud because I want to or do a little spin while I'm walking. But you know what? These are the things that keep me alive, keep me happy. I did have a happy night last night. I have some health issues, so I've been very afraid of certain actions, like flying on a plane. Sadly, I had to knock off my trip to my hometown area this past summer because I'm afraid of getting on a plane. But I do have a small group of friends, and last night some of us got together and played Mousetrap. I had not played that game since I was six years old. And during the night, there was some trip-hop music being played by my DJ friend. And his wife and I were singing little weird beats of excerpts from the song and the title of the artist inside this weaving of music. Then I'd get up and I'd do a little turn and I'd play with the cat and I'd say, I love my life so much. And I do. What is it to be creative? If I were still teaching right now and it was time for my class and I just didn't have the mojo to get together the lesson plan that I wanted. When I would go in, I would think up a question for them to answer. That would give me a little more time. And it would give them practice in writing. And I would usually give them a prompt about how to write it. One of my favorite questions to ask students is, what kind of person do you think you are? Which subject fits your character and personality most? Is it writing? Or art? Or science? Or math? Or business? Choose one and explain why that is the most applicable to you. What I loved about that exercise was I was able, first of all, to see how they write. And then as I would just keep those answers, and as the semester went along, I would pull them back out, and I would see if what they were saying seemed correct to me. And then when I would have the one-on-one -on -one sessions that I always had at least once during the semester, I would say, wow, you said you were really business oriented, but I see this other side of you coming out, this artistic side that, not that business can't be artistic, but I think when we throw just the word down, just business, we think of something else other than art and free-flowing creativity. And I would have a talk with them, and I feel like that was a wonderful 
discussion to be had. And that is really what I was loving so much about teaching, the free-flowing discussions I would have with young people. I miss them. I have some of them in my life still. But they're busy because they're busy being students. But I try to think of things that we can do together. We might play a round of adjective, noun, verb. That was explained and described in some podcasts. I like this um, little game that we play where I tear up or cut up a paragraph or two from the New Yorker, and then I have them try to put it back together. And then I have all these groups try to put the entire essay together. I think it's a wonderful critical thinking exercise. Some people would say, you're wasting time when you do these kinds of things in class. Am I? Some professors think it's more important in a soft skill course. And, you know, literature, writing, these are kind of soft skill classes. I suppose you could argue that writing is not a soft skill class, composition, that there are certain rules that have to be followed, but there are an infinite number of ways in which to teach it. So in that way, it is kind of soft skill, right? Who thinks what is more important? To teach grammar? To teach flow? To teach creative thinking with writing? So I consider that a soft skill class too. Is it more important to have someone remember the date and title of a work from the 17th century than it is to have them working with someone in their dorm who happens to be in their class putting together a puzzle with a text that has something to do with the things and ideas that they are discussing in their current lives, I would argue that the latter is more important. But what do I know? I'm just an artist. Thank you for listening. Until next time, keep thinking. She's got no lessons for me because she's not that fancy she's a professor forever professor forever